The blast from our past network. Hello and welcome to the Blast From Our Past podcast. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. I'm John. And I'm Adam. And today we have another album review for you. Adam, I'm excited about this one. This is a band that you and I have seen live together, mm-hmm. um, and I've been a big fan of since I was in high school, and it's they're, just, they're an important band in the world of punk and yeah. in rock. They are. They're... You know, when I when I think of punk bands, Bad Religion is the first one that comes to my head. And so we are going to be doing uh, Bad Religion's eighth studio release, Stranger Than Fiction, probably their best known album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has. Say. It's their it's their biggest selling album actually. It's the only album on their you know discography that has reached uh, gold status. So mm-hmm. it's definitely one of their biggest things that they've done. All right, so the album released on September 6th of 1994. This puts it about the time I was uh, about 13. Um, I kind of came to the album a little bit later than that. I mm-hmm. was introduced to it probably my freshman or sophomore year of high school, which would have been about 95, 96. Uh, I was introduced to it by another person uh, in the marching band that I, you know, in the band that I was in in high school and just fell in love with it. Yeah. It's a, it's a strong album. I don't remember particularly listening to this album you know on its own um Mm -hmm. what i i kind of came into bad religion when i was in high school so like you know four or five years or whatever after you um so you know this wasn't one that i think we honestly shared together but it's one that you found at your time and then i found at my time later and then we both realized that we liked them and then we went and saw them together uh, and we both enjoyed that and so Mm -hmm. yeah I, i think i probably got got on to them you know, during yeah, close to like the Napster days when I kind of like created like a, <laughs> a bad religion mix and, and uh, a good few of, you know, good few of the songs that are on this album came from that list or came uh, from were, were also put onto like my bad religion playlist um, right. and that mix. So uh, I, I definitely appreciate it, but I'm, I'm happy to be kind of listening to this album now where I didn't listen to it all the way through when I was younger. Right. My one, I do want to call out my one special tie to, to Bad Religion, which actually <laughs> sure. you, kind of, you mentioned already, which is, um, you know, we went out and saw them uh, at a concert. It was an outdoor concert. Uh, you and I, it was, this a was, festival. It was a festival. Yeah. And we only really went there for Bad Religion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and I feel like we were kind of like, even though, even though Bad Religion has been playing since 1982 was their first album and they can, they put right. out an album earlier this year. Like they've been putting out consistent albums for what is that? 35 years now that's yeah. insane um yeah. but i felt like we were some of the older people at that concert and we just kind of stood <laughs> yes. off to the side <laughs> we were yeah we were but it was good um i remember distinctly that you know this was around or earlier enough um of when like your son was born uh so this had yeah. to be like you know nine-ish years ago um i mm-hmm. remember that uh this was this was definitely during that first time that I was living in Los Angeles. I was an assistant editor on a feature film 
uh, at the time. And I told the producer uh, that I was going to head out for the weekend to, to see a concert with my brother who had just recently had a kid. And he, you know, and he was like, oh, here, here, take these. Uh, and so he gave me two Cuban cigars for us to smoke <laughs> because, you know, you had your new kid. Um, I remember they were Cohiba Especials. Uh, they were... You know, just just two good stuff that I can't afford right now or I can't find. Um, right. This producer, I remember, he always had a cigar in his mouth. Like every time, he always <laughs> had one. Uh, he was a nice guy, but he was a very interesting dude, I will say. Uh, but yeah, but I just have this distinct memory, like you know, me telling him that I was going out to to see you, you know, with the new kid, and he kind of gave me the cigars. He gave me an old cigar box that he didn't need anymore. He kind of showed me how to kind of care for the cigars so they wouldn't dry out, you know, for the, the couple days or whatnot before. Um, right. and we smoked the, we smoked those cigars, those Cubans at the bad religion concert. Um, yep. and they were, they were probably the smoothest cigars I've ever had. I'm not, I'm not a cigar aficionado by any right. means. I smoke a cigar maybe once every two years or something like that. Yeah. Um, but I do remember them being smooth and it also, it just kind of helped. It was, it was, you know, part of it was, Hey, these are Cubans. This is, this is cool. I'm here at a concert <laughs> yeah. with my brother. Um, but yeah, I, I forever have that association of, you know, my Cuban cigar smoking with you at the bad religion concert. <laughs> As cool. You said that. Cause I kind of forgot that part of it. I remember mm-hmm. the concert, but I forgot the, the Cuban part of it. Yeah. Oddly enough that, uh, oddly enough, I'd had a Cuban once before mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not a big, like I don't smoke hardly at all. Yeah. I probably smoke a cigar, uh, even less frequently than you at mm-hmm. this point. It's probably one every 10 years Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at this point. Um, the, uh, probably the one I, one I'd had before that, um, oddly enough was, uh, on a ship in, on the Pacific, uh, coast mm-hmm. in Canada when it was freezing out. <laughs> Uh, and that one was probably the smoothest one I ever had. And uh-huh. maybe it was because it kept me warm. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> While I was outside. Yeah. Um, but uh, oh, I'm glad you remember that. Yep, good stuff. All right, so uh, the a little bit more about the album. Uh, it was recorded at Rumbo uh, Records, which is in Los Angeles, where the band is from. They're actually kind of from the Valley. Uh, the band was actually mm-hmm. formed in 1980 when uh, m- most of the band members at the time uh, were from, I believe it was El Camino High School. Okay. Somewhere in the valley. This one, I think, was their first one that was like, put out on a major label, Atlantic. The band itself um, uh, is also known because they are the uh, they were the uh, founders of Epitaph Records. Oh, okay. Did not know that. And so there's a, a they put a their their record company has put out a lot of really important. Mm-hmm. Um, so especially like in the rock genre and stuff. Um, the record was produced by Bad Religion itself, uh, along with a guy named Andy Wallace, who uh, has done several several other projects. Most notably, he was part of the production of the uh, Run DMC Aerosmith collaboration mm, okay. of Walk This Way in the 80s. Uh, so as you mentioned, it was their only one to go gold. Uh, the members of the band at the time were Greg Graffin, who is lead vocals. He's been sort of the only consistent member mm-hmm. of the band. Uh, Greg Hetson on guitar. Brett Gurowitz on guitar, who was one of the original members, who oddly enough left the band right after they recorded this album. Okay, so before it um, came out, and, even? Yeah, it might have been before. Yeah, right it around it was, then. Be- it was definitely before they toured the huh. album. Uh-huh. Um, but then he has since come back to the band. Okay. So he's back with them. Uh, Jay Bentley on bass, Bobby Shear on drums, and we get a few extra uh, 
people, which I'll talk about when we get to the songs. Um, and the first one I'll talk about, which is this one, Incomplete, uh, had a guest guitarist on it, uh, a guy named Wayne Kramer from the band MC5, which was also hmm. kind of an important Oh, yeah, band. yeah, yeah. He plays the lead guitar on the sort of the opening uh, on this first track. Okay, cool. Um, and as I mentioned, is called Incomplete. One thing I love about Bad Religion, uh, most of their songs are very high energy. Mm-hmm. Um, you do get that. It, to me, you get that punk aesthetic without it being too overt. Yeah. Um, if you listen to any sort of their older stuff, um, just one, the way it's recorded and stuff like that, you get you get a lot more of that sort of 70s punk, British punk vibe sound coming from this one because I think it was you know uh, produced by Atlantic. It's a little bit more polished. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. But you still get you still get that that punk sound and that energy. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, I think that's why I think a lot of people who I'm not like a huge punk guy. Like I don't go out and listen mm-hmm. to Sex Pistols very often or Rancid right. or other stuff like that. Um, but Bad Religion is very approachable, you know, for a bit, for someone mm-hmm. like me who likes punk, but I'm not like intent you know intense into it but like they kind of ride that line of punk and hard rock you know and then they kind of they they write it very well and i like i like graffin's voice honestly i think you know yeah already immediately i'll just kind of do a you know a blanket statement as well with this one i think you know he he doesn't sound too gravelly or too too super angry all the time like he he just he just you know He's saying his lines, and I like it, and it works really well, and it's still somewhat – it's a little bit more melodic and more approachable than a lot of other punk bands, and I think that's why I like it a little bit more. Um, but, yeah. So, I mean, but this song, it moves well, as you put it. Um, kind of, yeah, it's got a kind of a funky guitar solo in there. Maybe that was from the MC5 guy, um, which MC5, I think, is most maybe most famous for the song Kick Out the Jams, but, like, you know, 70s yeah. rock, stuff like that. Um, yeah. You know, this is not a technically amazing song um, or overtly, you know, technically amazing, you know, singing or anything like that. Um, but it's this is definitely a bad religion song. You can tell immediately from it. And I approve. I approve of yep. this song. <laughs> um, and one thing which is kind of be kind of a blanket state with, with most of them, um, which you, you know, first of all, most of the songs, with one exception, hover around two, two to two and a half minutes. Yeah. Um, there's very few songs that are that are above that in time. Most of them are around two and a half minutes on average, yeah. uh, with one exception. I'd say I'd say a and lot of them hover around the same tempo as well. <laughs> Most of them. That's true. Good, yeah, good it, is, it is true. But one of the I think one of the important things about this, and actually I watched in preparation for this, I watched some interviews with the band, and even they mostly said this. The important thing about Bad Religion is the lyrics. Mm. You've got to listen to what he's saying. First of all. He puts a lot of thought into what he's saying, 
And he is obviously an extremely intelligent man. Mm-hmm. But if you listen to how he puts things, the vocabulary that he uses. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's sort of like one of those things where it's like, this is a punk song and you're listening to it and you're like, this guy's smarter than I am. Yeah. He just dropped some SAT words. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And that's, that's going to happen a lot, actually. Yeah. All right. Uh, and that moves us on to our second song, which is called Leave Mine to Me. If you think I'm all alone, you are foolishly wrong. There's an entire army who blindly followed on. And you happen to be one of them, believe it or not. Even though you try not to be, we are on the same plane. So this one definitely has it. You know, it has that bad religion feel. His mm-hmm. his voice just as soon as you hear it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's bad religion. I do kind of like how this one starts out. Seems starts out a little bit more frantic yeah. before it kind of goes into the into the sort of you know standard punk feel. But then you get that really cool ha- sort of halftime uh, break around the uh, around the bridge or so, where they kind of. It, the tempo stays the same, but the feel changes from yeah. standard time to half time, where it feels like it's slowing down, even though it really hasn't. Okay, because I, I wrote that down. I wrote down that, like, oh, hey, and it, things get a little bit simpler and slower in the second half. But I mean, that's just because I felt that way, but you could tell that it just switched its its timing note and its feel. But again, yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. definitely so, got that vibe. I mean, you know, you just have that, you have your your tempo going, but then you just, even though the tempo itself has not changed. Changing the feel of the drum beat mm. makes everything fall back, calms everything down for a minute. It makes it feel like it's slowing down, even though nothing, re- nothing yeah. technically really has. Cool. Uh, anything else you want to add about the song? No. I mean, it is. Uh, I'm gonna say this. Uh, uh, you know, this is this is. I'm getting flashbacks of our helmet um, meantime review, uh, <laughs> just where I was, I was like, "Hey, this song sounds like the other one," or whatever. I was kind of get that feel. Right. I mean, okay. I. I love Bad Religion way more than I love Helmet, personally. Right. Um, and it's not a bad thing, necessarily, that punk rock songs sound so similar and, you know, within the same style. But there are minute differences that you pick them out, and that's what you, you like about certain songs over another. Um, but, you know, we're the, I just want to say, yes, we're the, the, on the second song. But, like, yeah, this album has a lot of similar sounds to it. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know... You'll, you're going to be better at explaining <laughs> what the differences for some of those songs are. And I'm just more like, hey, I like this one. It's good. There's a slight little difference here. I don't know how to explain it, but it sounds just tiny bit different. But it's still basically just a, be- a bad religion song. And that's most. Of, that's a lot of my comments. I mean, granted, because these songs are so short, there's 15 different songs on this album. That's a lot of tracks for one album. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so that's a lot of times me saying, hey, this is a good bad religion song. It sounds very bad religion y, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so um, I like this one. I, I definitely like this one. I like every fucking song on this album. I'm not going to lie. Uh, <laughs> and so, uh, you know what? I might just I might just nod my head and let you kind of explain some of this music stuff better than I can. But <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. 
All right. Uh, and yeah, uh, there's 15 songs, but even though the album is still under 40 minutes. Yeah. Because each one is only about two to two and a half uh, minutes long, roughly. Mm-hmm. All right. And so that brings us to our title track, which is Stranger Than Fiction. Oh, yeah, cockroach nets, rattling traps. How many devils can you fit up on a magic So one of the things I, I like about Bad Religion, and this, uh, you hear it in the other songs, but to me it becomes really evident in this song, mm-hmm. is it the, they're a punk band who can harmonize. Mm-hmm. And I think vocal harmonies add can add so much to any band, regardless of style. You know, I always love hearing songs that you wouldn't normally think would harmonize when they do harmonies and, and stuff like that, like, like grunge, mm-hmm. you know? Grunge, you don't necessarily think of the harmonies, but if you listen to, you know, like Alice in Change, for example. Yeah, Alice in Change. So the harmonies between the the two guys there that can create and can elevate a song, and I feel like Bad Religion uh, does that best for the punk world. Their ability to harmonize adds so much. And, you know, background vocals, just the simple Mm -hmm. sort of ah. Yeah, they do do quite a bit of that. Behind it elevates the song so much. Yeah, uh, and I think it becomes a par- uh, very evident in this song, uh, this early in the album. Yeah, uh, this was the third single from the album that they released. It hit number twenty-eight on the U.S. alternative charts. Um, okay, so yeah, I mean, it at least charted on something. Um, this song yeah has a slightly different kind of cadence to it for me that I feel uh, yeah. from the first two. Um, I like it. Uh, it's not a favorite on the album for me, uh, but it's definitely a solid song. Yeah, I, and I do. I do appreciate the way you put it. Yeah, the, the uh, different, the way that they sing, and the way that, that what makes them different as a punk band from others that I think make them more interesting to me or more approachable to me or things like that. Like the harmonies or having those background vocals. You definitely, you do not get background vocals with most <laughs> punk. All right, so we're chugging right along, and let's hear some from the next one, which is called "Tiny Voices." So this one is another, as you put it, it's a bad religion-y song. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. It's a, a, but it's a classic 
sound to it, classic bad religion sound to it. And, you know, the start, they just kind of get going into it. And, and it sounds, it sounds very bad religion. I will say, I don't know what it is about this song, but for some reason, I like this song better than the previous three that we had before this. There's just something, something about tiny voices that kind of stuck out to me that I find it particularly enjoyable. So, and and I'm, I'm not good with my words today, but I'm just saying, I like it. I like (laughs) it a lot. How about that? Yeah. Uh, this is going to be another one, and I'm going to kind of borrow a phrase that you kind of mentioned before. This is going to be, this is, first of all, this is another one that reminds you that Bad Religion is an intelligent band. Mm-hmm. Um, you you get sort of, this is another SAT song. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, how many words this guy threw. First of all, he, he, he does tend to throws a lot of lyrics into these short songs. Yeah, a lot of lyrics, you know. He he does he uses a lot of these really sort of intelligent sounding phrases. Uh, one of the one of one of the things you kind of hear towards the ends of uh, right before it hits the chorus of Tiny Voices is uh, resonating as it screams of forgotten victims and the cries of innocence and desperate plea for recognition and recompense. Yeah. When was the last time you heard the word recompense? That's probably the first time I've heard the word recompense. <laughs> You know, and and uses uh, these. Uh, he's very poetic, very mm-hmm. poetic in how he writes it. One of the earlier verses, um, and our hearts palpitate anxiously as soon as we lay supine. I've not heard the word supine since the the last time I had to de- define SAT words. What the fuck is supine? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, a lot of shit just going over my head. Uh, it's a person who's laying face up. Okay. <laughs> See. Uh-huh. Cool. Well, let's move on to our next one. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got quite a few songs on this album, so we're trying to move kind of regular on this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that brings us to another one called The Handshake. I really like this song because it they're going after some of like this, you know, they're a very political band. Yes. I think. Yeah. And but they kinda it's weird, like the thing that they're going after, it's not something you'd think about, but it's very sort of oh, that's that is kinda deep the way they're saying you know, a handshake. Yeah. That you know, what is a handshake? What does it mean? And is something as simple as that and they're like, you know what it is? It's a subtle fuck you. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> and I, I took it. I took it. Things. I mean, to me, is I took it as like the superficiality of handshakes about how you know with modern business and modern contracts, handshakes right. are just bullshit. And I right. know bad religion has had like you know some bad kind of either deals but happened before that for them or just like you know right. they, they or maybe their issues with record labels in general. Maybe that's why they started their own one later. Um, yeah. But like, yeah, I do like that the lyrics on this one are just kind of like you know what. We're going to call out bullshit. I mean, bad yeah. religion is good. The way you put it, they're very political. And they, if they see bullshit, 
they're probably going to write a song about it and they're going to call it out. And I think that that's probably what happened with this one. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if what they're trying to say is, is that like a handshake used to mean something mm, like maybe, when someone yeah. gave you their word that was, that was important, but especially coming out of the, the shady shit business dealings of the eighties and how things were run there. And especially knowing how the music industry uh, has worked in the past, mm-hmm. you know, if someone tells you, yeah, we're going to do all this stuff and then it never happens. And which I'm sure still happens all the time. Yeah. All right. And let's move on to the next one, uh, which uh, is called Better Off Dead. I'm sorry about the sun. How could I know that you would burn as I'm sorry? I really enjoyed this song. Yeah, I'm with you. For a couple you. reasons. For a couple for a couple reasons. One, I like how at the beginning he's starting on a little lower register. We get a mm-hmm. good harmony between uh, him and whoever's singing background at the time, and he starts a little bit lower than he normally does in his register. So you get a different sound out of him, and <laughs> this is such a sarcastic song. Mm-hmm. You know, it's you know. You're apologizing to someone, and not really apologizing, but sort of that sort of sarcastically apologizing for, to someone who's mad about something that you have no control over. Mm-hmm. In the the opening verse, I'm sorry about the sun. How could I know that you'd get burned? Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry about the moon. How'd I know you'd disapprove? And next time I make the universe, you know, I'll make sure we we talk. Yeah, like I, it's, you're, it's, you're getting mad at me over shit that I cannot control. Yeah, it could be. I mean, it's almost you. You can interpret it as like. You know what? He's even taking this from a point of view that you know that he's God, and and God is like, you know, okay, oh yeah. So I made the universe, and all you guys, all you humans, do is bitch. <laughs> you just bitch right. about this and bitch about that. Oh my bad. I won't make another. Next time I make another universe, I'll make sure to communicate with you. Yeah. <laughs> like, like we have a very sarcastic kind of God, or you know, and I mean, maybe he's not taking that approach, but at least like that's like the mentality that this person who is singing is talking about. <laughs> all right. And so we're going to move on to number seven on the album, which is uh, their longest and probably best known song. Yeah. At least off of this album. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe not this album. This was the song that I was introduced to first uh, that uh, that got me into this band. And I, I have a love for it. And it is it kind of also going back to talking about Helmet. Um, where their sort of their best known song off of that album sounds nothing like the rest of the album per se, mm-hmm. you know, or it has subtle or has some differences. This one also kind of doesn't sound anything like the rest of the songs. Has yeah. a lot more of a rock feel than a punk feel, which is probably why it was a good single for them to you know hook people in with. You kind of make something that's slightly more mainstream, hook people in, and then they discover the rest of your album, which is mm-hmm. kind of how I did it. You know, I discovered the rest of the album after having heard this song. Yeah, yep. So, and we are talking about the song Infected. 
I've talked a lot uh, for some of these songs. I'd kind of like to hear your thoughts on the song before I jump in. Yeah. Uh, this, I mean, this one, as you put it, yeah, very, very popular song. It's one that I have like on my, you know, like a favorite bad religion playlist that I've got um, as was better off dead. And another one that's coming up later. Um, this one was the second single from the album. It uh, hit number 33 on the U S mainstream rock charts, which is the highest that they've charted, at least on that chart. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh there's a slow drive kind of at the start of this song yeah um and i kind of and i like that about it it, may, it is make make it sound a little bit different um and as you put yeah so it's, it's the longest song on the album like by far twice as long as some of the other ones uh, but it yeah. moves well you know i don't you know i, I don't feel like it drags at all yeah, I don't even feel, i don't feel bored by it Mm-mm. it 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 earns the slow burn yeah the song pays off from what you know because it, it's it it's a little bit before you actually kind of get into the meat of the song but i i think it earns it yeah i agree it's it's well deserved all the way through so it's worth it's worth the 4 minute listen yeah and you know i'm trying to like you know look through the lyrics and trying to see you know what might the meaning of this song be um you know like you know the the I'm afflicted, you're addicted. Like, I don't know. I mean, it could be about addiction stuff. You know, you're infected with this drug that you're taking and you're addicted to it. I don't know. There's a lot of kind of different stuff I'm seeing. But, you know, whatever it is, it's it's um, it's one that, you know, this guy is obviously pissed off at whatever he's talking about. Whatever has infected him or this disease that he has or this, this you know, this affliction, uh, he's, mm-hmm. he's pissed off about it. Uh, it's just, it's a, it's a great song. It's, you know, it obviously we mentioned it's got a much slower feel to it, much more of a rock feel to it mm-hmm. than a punk feel, but it's so good. The way he sings is, is, is amazing. And it just, it's just, it's such a great song. Yeah, it is. I, I wish so. I had better words to describe yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Well, let's go ahead and move on uh, to a song, which uh, actually features uh, Tim Armstrong from the band Rancid mm-hmm. uh, singing part of this, and that is the song Television. As with a lot of bad religion songs, this one feels like it has a message. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 not so much. It seems like it's railing against television. I don't mm-hmm. see that. I don't really see it so much as it's it's uh, railing against television per se, as it is sort of television culture or yeah. um, our dependence on television for certain things. Yeah, yeah. Dependence on technology, you could even tie that in, you know. I mean, you just you get addicted to watching screens, you get addicted to watching television, and I think that's right. that's definitely what this song is about. Um yeah, and I mean hell it, it means a lot more now is, you know, I'm hell I'm I'm watching I have three screens up right now. I have two screens for my computers, and then you're on a phone screen as well, and I have a little screen right. inside that that's showing me as well. I'm looking at like fucking tons of stuff right now. I'm <laughs> definitely addicted to screens. I hell I built my entire career around screens. Um, but yeah, so that, that, you know, there is a lot of, when I initially thought of bad religion, I didn't think, you know, poetry was much about it, but like when you look into their lyrics, there really is a lot of poetry in their lyrics. Now, granted, there's not subtlety. Well, there's some subtlety, you know, because he does. Yeah, there is some subtlety there. Um, you know, the messages aren't subtle. How about that? I'd say, you know, he, yeah. wa- he wants to tell you a message and he wants to tell you AS, you know, right away what the hell's going on. Um, you know, but the, the lyrics that he uses, you do look at it and you're like, okay, wow, this, this could be its own standalone poetry right here. Um, for the song, the song itself, I was like, okay, when it first started, I was like, all right, am I going to, am I going to like this song? And then it started going and I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, I think I'm going to yeah. like it. And then Tim Armstrong started singing. I was like, okay, no, I, I don't think I'm going to like this. <laughs> and then and then Graffin started singing, and I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to like this. And then it kind of went back and forth and back and forth. I don't I don't really care for Tim Armstrong's voice. I don't, I'm not a big rancid guy. Um, right. His voice is so gravelly, and, and he yeah. doesn't sound as good as Bad Religion to me. Um, and so, and I don't think his style fit really particularly well with the bad religion style just like vocally um but like i do like the message and i do like uh the lyrics yeah. of this song it does it does make it stand out yeah at, from the rest of it um i do enjoy as simple as it is um that they 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 smack you in the face immediately with the name of the song mm-hmm. just chanting television television <laughs> <Yeah>. television <laughs> and sure. uh, i think it's a great way to open the song yeah um and i i don't mind Tim Armstrong's voice, I, I I like Rancid. I think his voice works for certain styles. Mm-hmm. Um, it does it does make it contrast a lot with this, and yeah. maybe the song would sound smoother, maybe if it was just Graffin saying all three verses. Um, but it, uh, I think it works okay. Fair enough. Um, and we're fine. Kind of finally uh, heading down the backstretch. Yeah, <laughs> it took here. it took a while to get there. But I still feel like we have a long way to go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's going to be with another song called Individual.
another one of these sort of kind of bad religion-y songs yeah. with a message. Be your own person, I guess, you know, that we're kind of all getting into like the masses or something. Yeah, uh, I, I enjoy this one. You know, I, I don't think this song is a standout song. Um, it is a bad religion-y song, and I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't have too much to talk about this song about for. Okay, no, that's fair. Um, you know, it kind of reminds me a lot of uh, when we talked about Green Day's Dookie. How you have mm-hmm. a lot of these songs which sound very similar. They're great songs. Yeah, and you know, if I played the album all the way through, I wouldn't be, you know, I wouldn't change one to the other because listen, first of all, they're short enough. It's not yes. that really big of a deal. Um, and they all have sort of their own, even though they have a similar tone, they all have a slightly different uh, feel in certain ways, but they all kind of, you know, have a similar sound. Yeah, yeah. And the way you put it, I mean, this this album is very listenable all the way through. I mean, as, if, as long as you like Bad Religion style, you're going to get right. that style <laughs> pretty consistently. Um, and that's a good thing. None of these songs are standout terrible, you know? Right. For sure. Uh, all right. We'll jump ahead to the next song, which is called Hooray for Me. (laughs) It's a great, great title. This one seems oddly personal. Mm-hmm. Talking about, I, we can only imagine it's you know talking about his father. Yeah. So this song actually was written by uh, the guitarist Gurowitz. Okay, the guy who left, right? Yeah, the guy who who left. So, uh, and it's just credited to him. So I imagine he wrote the lyrics and everything else. Mm-hmm. So this is very personal, more for the guitarist than than for uh, uh, Graffin. Kind of uh, angsty. Lyrics against fathers uh, seems to be uh, something you hear Bad Religion do a few times. Yeah. Their best known song is probably Sorrow, which also seems to be not just railing against fathers, but like fathers, gods, any sort of like Mm -hmm. father authority figure. Yeah. I think this is an okay song. I like it just fine. Uh, I I agree there's some kind of personal thing that he's talking about. It's, It's possibly, you know, like a hooray for me, fuck you, you you doubted me kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and it, I like that they say he says fuck you and fuck you and multiple times in this, <laughs> in this song. I think that just kind of, they keep going back to it and I think it works well. Um, you know, it's definitely part of that bad religion consistency uh, in this song. So um, I, I like it but I, and I don't dislike it, but it's not, it's not sticking out for me. Okay, that's fair. Yep. All right, let's move on to the number 11 song which was written by Graffin, and it is called Slumber. So you're feeling unimportant Cause you've got nothing to say And your life is just a ramble
Um, I do enjoy the the different uh, mm-hmm. texture of the vocals here. Helps you know helps give us something a little bit fresh. Um, they've they've kind of brought back the tempo a little bit. Um, it's still it's still a, at a good pace. Yeah, but it's it's not so you know rush rush in your face. Yeah. The message of the song seems also really kind of nice. Yeah, exactly. It's almost like an uplifting esque kind of song. Um, I I like the yeah, the different style in this one. Like, uh, you know, I love Bad Religion's typical style. This one has like right. just a slightly different feel to it. And, and you mentioned the song Sorrow, which I guess is their most you know maybe it's their most popular song. To me, it's my favorite song from Bad Religion. Yeah. It's a slightly different feel to it, but I just I like that one um I'll, honestly i was listening to this one and i thought for a second i was like wait a minute uh, even though it's 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 not exactly right but i was like you know am i listening to a crash test dummy song because it was just <laughs> he sings like a little bit deeper than he normally had and, and i was right. like hmm. i mean he didn't do those hums or whatever but right. i just right. kind of like huh it reminded me of it for a split second i didn't stay you know in that vibe but for a second i was like crash test dummies and then i got out of it it was just kind of funny um but yeah i, I think it's a solid change up from some of the different other styles that they've got, and uh, and I actually quite like the slumber. Okay. All right. Well, let's go ahead and move on to uh, the next song, which is another one that has a guest vocalist, which is Jim Lindbergh from the band Pennywise, and that is the song Marked. Okay, so aside from Infected, this mm-hmm. is probably my favorite song on the album. This is a good one. Uh, I, I I can see what why you would say that. It's you know it's 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 angry. It's fast. It's fast. Especially I really like this one being placed right after Slumber, um, mm-hmm. just in the order of things because Slumber was definitely like one of the slower ones on this album, and then they come hit with this one, and it's fast and it's angry, and it just contrasts really really well with with what was came before it. Right. Um, and I do kind of there's a there's a little bit of a, a dichotomy within the song itself. Um, Graffin loves to cram a whole bunch of words into a really quick sentence. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, just in this first that first verse, you get this you get this phrase all crammed in really quickly on the tip of a continuum flowing wave like through disorder, carrying me like a vessel to water. He says all that really fast. <laughs> so you re- yeah. you really have to be listening for it. Mm-hmm. And then they 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 uh, contrast that with you know a very simple chorus. Everything you see leaves a mark on your soul. You know every these, all these little things he's talking about leaving a mark on your soul. Yeah. Um, this was one of the first songs where I started to recognize. I really started to listen to the lyrics and recognize the genius of it and then went back into the album and started to listen to everything and really got into mm. it. Before it was just sort of about the just listen you know, to the, punk okay. as, the punk aspect of it, you know, when I was in high school. And then when I when I really listened to this song, it opened my eyes to what was actually happening in mm. the music. Okay. So yeah. I, I've always had a special affinity for, for particularly 
for this one. Yeah, no, fair enough. I think this is solid to me. It kind of talks about how, yeah, how I mean, everything, everything is going to leave a mark for, on you. It's going to help make you who you are. Um, and so it's kind of like, you know, just you know, everybody, everything that you've dealt with or everything that you've seen is, you know, is, has marked you to become you, um, mm-hmm. how I'm taking it. Okay. All right. And now we're coming, coming down close to the end. And we're going to be on song number 13, which is called Inner Logic. So this is this is definitely sort of a I want to say anti-establish, not an anti-establishment song. No, but yeah, I mean, yeah, the whole thing is you know it's called inner logic. It's like hey, use your own fucking inner logic, and you're you're kind yeah. of told not to use it or you're taught not to use it. Like don't 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 just swim with don't be a sheep, don't be a fucking lemming. Yeah, you know, think for yourself. Yeah, ask questions. Mm-hmm. You know, question everything. You know, why is something this way? Why does it have to be this way? Yeah, um, it's a it's a, it is a good message, and it's it's funny. I'll be honest. Something that kind of bothers me a little bit, but I understand it at the same time. Is as someone who is a teacher, and you hear a lot. I hear a lot of songs <laughs> that are sort of anti-school uh-huh. and anti and anti-teacher. I you know I I've never, and maybe it's maybe it's the subject I teach. I've never feel like I'm trying to create automatons with what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I teach music, so I feel like that's slightly different. But at the same time, it's I teach it in a public school, you know, and there are there are rules in a public school, and you have to follow the rules. and And a lot of songs sort of rail against that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I see both sides of it. I understand the reasons for the rules, and I understand the reasons for breaking the rules. Uh, yeah. This this even though this doesn't directly talk about that, it does kind of make me think of that because it's a similar message to things I I hear a lot. Yeah, that that totally makes sense. I mean, school systems definitely, you know, no, you have to you have to learn the way we want you to learn. You have to do things exactly the way. Hey, nope, you have to follow our set of everything. Uh, and yeah, they don't like people who do their own, go their own way, at all. Yeah, but fuck the system, the same, John. At this, at the same time, trying to teach singular concepts to thirty people at yeah. once <laughs> when everyone has distinct different learning styles is extremely difficult. Yeah, of course, it's a it's a rough line. To mm-hmm. walk when when you when you understand well, both sides of it exactly because I mean that should be on the parents but at the same time not all parents have the time to do that and so because just the way things work and they have to that's why the school system was built so that way parents could do other stuff to help you know care for their family uh, so they're sending them off to school and yeah mind that's that's a whole other conversation I don't want to get into that <laughs> yeah yeah <That's laughs> but I'm gonna blame the parents on everything how about that oh, okay all right. 
All right. Uh, so we're now down to our penultimate song, which is called What It Is. Mm-hmm. There's a purpose, there's a goal, there's virtuous and immoral. There's a reason for all of this, but I don't know what it is. I am one and plural two. I accept them. This is uh, another one that's sort of a kind of a, a, a deep lyrical song. Mm-hmm. Um, you just kind of like you know what what is everything? You know what what are the meanings of things? It's almost um, existential. The, yeah, it just sounds very existential. Uh, one of the things I do I do kind of find funny about this is the way that he the way his his lyrics sort of flow leads to odd pronunciations uh-huh. of you know like just the very first. Uh, you know, set of lyrics. There's a purpose. There's a goal. There's a, there's a virtuous, but he says virtuous, <laughs> and immoral, but he says immoral. immoral. So he's he's putting <laughs> emphasis on uh-huh. different parts of the song or different parts of the words that wouldn't normally be there to kind of make it rhyme. But at the same time, it still works. Yeah, <laughs> it still works, and I still understand the meaning of it. So I, it's just it's a little thing that really means nothing in the, in the grand scheme of things, but it's something I just found funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I mean, in general, this song, I thought, you know, I like it. It's solid. Um, you know, it, other than like, you know, when you really look at the lyrics, it, you know, and because he speaks fast with a lot of stuff, it's hard to catch a lot of the lyrics. So I'm, I am looking up, you know, the lyrics as we're going and yeah. trying to figure out what yeah. their meaning are. Um, but like, otherwise, if I didn't do that, it would just be like, yep, yeah, this is just another bad religion song <laughs> to me. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, it's good. It's good filler one for the album. Yeah, for it's, sure. It's short. Most of these are very, very short. So, mm-hmm. all right, I'm ready to move on to the end one. From the show, yeah, say. let's let's close out our bad religion escapade today. All right, and we're gonna end strong with uh, another song that was one of their singles, probably their second most recognized song off this album. Mm-hmm. And I'm guessing because you mentioned it, this might be your one of your favorite ones yeah i mean it's definitely one of their popular most popular ones for me um i mean infected is probably my favorite okay uh, that are better off dead i really like better off okay. dead as well okay um but but 24 21st century digital boy also made like you know like my best of bad religion right um right. but this one this one's definitely one of the more popular songs and definitely one of the more popular on this album i think okay and uh, let's give this one a listen I can't believe it The way you look sometimes Like a trampled flag on a city street Oh yeah And I don't want it The things you're offering me Symbolize barcode quick ID Oh yeah I think there's a very kind of clear message in this song. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I don't necessarily. I, some people I've seen who think that the song is railing against technology. Uh-huh. I, to me, to me, I don't see it as them railing against technology. Everyone uses technology, but it's how people were using that technology. It's um, or necessarily that. It's it's just it's the people. You know, it's like it basically, it's sort of their version of kids today. She's. I got. I gotcha. I mean, I do think. I mean, to me, it does rail a little bit on technology, or maybe it is just again like the dependence of technology, particularly the, like the line that I don't know how to read, but I got a lot of toys. Meaning, like you know, you're putting your time into something different than you should be. I, like you should be reading. I see it more like that. The dependence. The depend. Okay. Yeah. And stuff like Fair that. enough. Yeah. The addiction to it and that sort of thing, mm-hmm. which yeah. is something still we hear about. You know. 20 something years after this song came out it's only gotten worse People, yeah <laughs> i agree with the message and i'm very much one who it bothers me when people are like in my and i've mentioned this before when people go in my day we used to go outside sure you did but i don't really feel first of all it was from lack of options mm-hmm. yeah that oh yeah you didn't have those things secondly People were still using stuff. People were complaining about television. You know, in the 90s, people complained about video games. Yeah. Um, you know, 20 years before that, people complained about television. This sort of thing is nothing new. Yeah. Everyone rails against the generation after them, think, thinking that they're lazy when they're really, it's not lazy. They're just, it's different. And what they have that is available is different. I absolutely agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a, it's, this is a great song. Um, with a clear message and it's a it's a fun one to uh end an album on yeah i agree it, it sounds a little bit different it's i mean that's partly why a little bit more poppier kind of song mm-hmm. um but it is enjoyable um i think that's why it helps stand this song out from some of the others on the album because it is a little bit more poppy-esque uh, and why it it, uh, it it was their first single from the album it hit 11 on the u.s alternative charts which was their highest um mm-hmm on the alternative charts to date as well. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I definitely enjoy 21st Century Digital Boy. <laughs> All right. Uh, so why don't we kind of go into final thoughts? Adam, why don't you lead sure. us off? Yeah, I mean, overall, very consistent album, but I don't mean consistent in a bad way. I mean, mm-hmm. consi- you know, where it getting redundant. I mean, it's consistent in its sound, it's sound in its quality. Um, it's very easy to listen to, and it's, you know, easy to listen to all songs as long as you like Bad Religion, this entire album is extremely listenable. Um, you know, I don't need to skip any of them. Um, you know, I will say though, if you're if you're looking to to you know expand your mind, really probably you want to you want to listen to this album while you read the lyrics. Yeah. Uh, because it's hard to follow all of them, just the way he, his cadence is, or some of the speed of some of some of the songs. Um, if you're trying to go on an aural journey if you will like you know you want to go on a listening journey and and have songs take you here and there and everywhere this is not the album for you you know mm-hmm. if you want to you know try and figure out stuff about politics or you know just kind of you know be angsty and angry this is a great album for you and it's and it works really well with that and you know take a look at the lyrics for that but like this this is not one where um you know i'm i'm trying different styles and I'm, I'm feeling like I'm taking on a roller coaster of, of quick and, 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 you know, paced quick paced songs and then going, you slow down and go on like this, you know, other ride. And then you come back to something different, you know, this is, it's consistent, but I don't mean it 
poorly. I just mean it. It is a consistent album. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to add too much because you pretty much, or I would just be echoing some of the same stuff you did. Uh, I have a, a very nostalgic love for this album. Um, I played the shit out of it in high school and it was, uh, you know, kind of went away from it for a while and then rediscovered it. And it's still, it's been in a steady sort of rotation of, of albums, full albums. Mm. You know, when I get in the mood to listen to a full album, I have a few go-tos that I go, that I, you know, that I go to. Yeah. Since I couldn't <laughs> think of a better term. Yeah. Um, and this is, this is one of the ones that's on the rotation of, hmm. oh, well, you know, what kind of mood am I in when I want to listen to a full album? This is definitely one that could be in, a, in contention because every song, every song is good, and then there's some great ones on top of that. Mm-hmm. But there's no bad song yeah. at all in the entire album. Yeah, fully um, agree with you there. Great one to revisit if you've never listened to the entire album all the way. Highly recommend it. Um, if you've never listened to Bad Religion, go listen to some of their other stuff. Listen to the early stuff. Listen to the later stuff. You, you know, the band has been putting out albums since 82. And as Adam mentioned, they put out one year, earlier this year. So they've they've got a huge expanse of sound, but they still sound like Bad Religion. It doesn't Definitely. matter if you're listening to the first album or the last album. They still they they have their bad religion sound, uh, even though you'll hear obviously tonal differences and stuff with age and and recording equipment all that stuff. It's still it tells you why this band is not only been a long lasting band but I think is an important band. Nice, well put. All right, and that was our review of the album Stranger Than Fiction by Bad Religion. Please join us next time as we break down the 1982 film Tron, review the 90s sci-fi series Babylon 5, and recast our version of Babylon 5 using actors of today. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us at blastfromourpast at gmail.com. And if you want to suggest a movie or TV show from your childhood or to be a guest on the podcast, go over to patreon.com backslash blastpastcast and pick a tier that works for you. To find us on social media, search for at blastpastcast. So until next time, I'm John. And I'm Adam. And thanks for joining us. See you next time. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And we are the hosts of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are breaking down every single episode of Seinfeld as we watch it, reliving this amazing show. That's right. It's a trip down memory lane for all of us 90s kids out there. You can find Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Patreon. La la la.